0: Welcome to Simple Sustainable Home. I'm Rachel, the blogger behind Milk Glass Home. My focus is all about making sustainable living easy and beautiful. We're going to slow down and learn about cooking from scratch, gardening and preserving the harvest, setting up a low-waste lifestyle, and keeping a non-toxic home. We have new episodes every Saturday to help you find new tips and strategies to make simple living easy. Let's get started. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to Simple Sustainable Home. I'm Rachel and I'm so happy to have you here today. We're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, Up until this point, I've really been trying to share a lot of practical tips and strategies to help you live a sustainable life. But As somebody who really tries to live like this all the time, I realize that there are some thought patterns or mindset shifts that can be really, really powerful. And today we're going to focus on a phrase that actually came from World War II, and you've probably heard it before. It's use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. And the whole idea is about rationing, stretching your resources, making the most of what you have so that we could send extra resources to the war effort. And I promise I am not advocating that we live like there is a war at all times. But what I've realized is that there's some ideas that are part of that phrase that are kind of hard to attach to or to adopt. And I wanna help you make that transition so that you can live more sustainably and kind of let go of some things and there's, there's some parts of this that we kind of need to dig into. So that's our focus today. And I really hope at the end of this that you feel a little more comfortable with letting things go a little bit, giving yourself some room to be creative, and to show that you can do kind of complicated and messy things. So let's go ahead and get started. The first two parts of this phrase are the easy parts. (laughs) We're going to spend most of the time today talking about the last two parts because they are much trickier. But before we do that, let's take a look at those first two. We have use it up and wear it out. So use it up is a great one because a lot of people who transition to a sustainable lifestyle feel compelled to change everything early on. They're like, oh my gosh, plastics are bad. I want to go change everything. I want to." throw away all the stuff I have, and start living this beautiful plastic-free life right away. And as much as I understand that desire, I don't recommend that, and it really defeats the whole purpose. So we need to start thinking about the things we have in our lives as resources. Even if it's not a perfect resource or an ideal resource, it is still something that has value and has a purpose, and The most sustainable products you're ever going to own are the ones you already have. It makes the most sense to use what you have now and use it until it can no longer be used. So this this is about everything in your life, everything in your home. Use it all the way up, wear it out until it's all the way done, and then you can replace it with a more eco-friendly or sustainable product. It's really that simple. But it's also really frustrating because I get it. You want to take action. You want to feel like you're doing something already. And you have to remind yourself that using these less sustainable plastic packaged products that you already own is actually the most sustainable thing you can do right now. But that part is easier, right? That part is a little easier because you're like, okay, fine. I'll use up all the soap under my sink and I'll use these old cleaning sprays that I don't want to use anymore but when they're out, then I'm going to switch to something else. That's great. That's what I want you to do. It's the rest of this that's a little bit trickier. And that's what we're going to focus on today because I really feel like if you can let go a little bit, these last two parts become a lot easier. And then really living sustainably or living frugally becomes much, much less of a struggle. A few weeks ago, I was writing a blog post about, of all things, dish soap. And as I was writing it, I was thinking about how, how can I really help people make a switch to a sustainable type of dish soap? Like if somebody wanted to go zero waste and they wanted to switch to the dish soap block or something like that, like what's a piece of advice that I would give them? Like if you really wanted to switch to a sustainable lifestyle, you, you have to get out of the routine of what you're doing. So if right now your practice is that you go to target and you get your bottle of Mrs. Meyers and, Oh, there was some on sale. So I'm going to buy three of them and just keep them under my sink. This is what I did for years. I'd find what I'd like and I would just stock it up and keep it under my sink. And then I'd use it. And then when that got low, maybe I'd rethink what I was using, but I had to make it through like four bottles of this other cleaning product before I gave myself some space to reconsider this. In some ways that really slowed down my progress because I, I don't know, I I made it a little too easy to keep using those products. I made it very easy and it's hard because we are trying to live a life where we have things that are convenient. Like what's the balance between the immediate convenience of having everything you need versus slowing it down just a little bit. But here's, here's what I was thinking. Here's the idea that's been really helpful for me. I was like what if people when you run out of your your dish soap don't replace it right away like normally let's say you've got the bottle and you notice it's like down to a third what would you normally do well maybe you go on amazon and you order more maybe you add it to your grocery list and you pick up more at the store you know maybe you have a specific brand and you already get it like on auto ship or something for a, a subscription. But what if instead of planning to re- replace it right away? What if you actually let it run out? I've been practicing this in my life, where instead of replacing things, I let it genuinely run all the way out. And what's shocking is how long it lasts even before like it lasts usually things will last weeks longer than I expect. I'll say, well, I need to replace this because there's not any life in it anymore. But if you don't replace it right away, you stretch it a little bit more. And often you'll realize that like, I don't know, the amount that you think is not enough is still plenty. This is still plenty of whatever to get you through the next two weeks or the next three weeks. And what if you did that with everything in your house? If you just let it run out all the way, all the way before you replaced it. Like let that dish soap bottle completely empty before you go to the store. I mean, for me, that kind of makes me want to have a fear response of like, but then I'd have to go to the store right away. And what if I run out and I don't have enough, that is a fear-based response. And that's exactly, that's exactly what I want to try to confront today. Because if you have that fear-based response of, I don't have enough, there isn't enough. I have to control these factors because I'm not going to have what I need, then you're kind of holding on tight. You're adding stress. You're operating from a place of fear and not a place of love or abundance. And I know just saying the word abundance makes me sound kind of woo woo. I get that. But, but imagine this scenario, instead of replacing everything right away, when something runs out, you find a way to make it make do with things you already have on hand. So I'm gonna stick with the dish soap example. Let's say my bottle totally runs out and I'm like, I think I need to go to the store, I need to get some. But I'm gonna check under my sink first and I realize I have this whole bottle of castile soap and I could simply dilute that in the same squirt bottle I was using before and done. I don't have to go to the store anymore. I now have a new bottle of of soap uh, if you have salsa. You could do the same thing. There's a ratio where you can just make your own liquid dish soap using cell sets. So I literally have enough cleaning supplies in my house that I could not buy any dish soap for months. I don't need to do that anymore. But if I were to keep doing what I did before, of just replacing the bottle, replacing the bottle, replacing the bottle, then I would have purchased a lot more plastics than I needed. And I really, I really want to try to get to the, to the situation where my home is run with just a handful of products. You know, what if I just have like four or five products that I really use for everything around my whole house? What if I really simplify and I like don't have a specific product for every single thing? Imagine how easy it would be if you literally use Castile soap for everything. You know, you can use it for hand washing, body washing. People use it for face washing. Some people use it to brush their teeth, but they say it tastes like soap. So that's, that's gross to me. Um, You can use it for cleaning the floors. You can use it for washing dishes. You can use it for all kinds of things. You can even make an aphid spray for your garden using diluted Castile soap. So you could have just one tool that you use in all of these different ways. But if you keep doing what you did before, you're not going to notice that there are these easier solutions out there that you could use. You're gonna keep holding on to that fear-based model of not enough, I have to have everything, I have to protect and provide for myself versus allowing other options to come out. If you slow down and you let go, and you let whatever it is, it doesn't have to be soap, it can be cleaning products, it can be whatever, but if you allow those things to run out just a little bit, then you give yourself a chance to think about things creatively. And when you pause that routine and you find a gap between your old, the, the impulse of feeling like I need to replace this and the old behavior of replacing it right away, if you can build in a gap between those things, then you allow yourself to slow down and think about things more create creatively. And that's the perfect moment to make a sustainable lifestyle shift. It's a perfect moment to say, actually, I want to try something different i want to try this approach i want to get some castile soap a bar or a block or whatever and i want to use that as my like go-to hand soap body wash dish soap you know give yourself those gaps give yourself that pause okay that's really helpful it's been very helpful for me and the more i do this the more i realize like when you're forced to get creative When you're you're all out of something and you don't have the cleaning spray anymore and you're forced to see what you've got on hand, you already have things on hand that you could clean with. I promise you. You already own these things. They are typically inexpensive. They're things that are already in your pantry or under your sink. You could simply use those things that are just as effective, way cheaper and typically lower waste than buying a specific product at the store. But you're not going to get a chance to play with those things if you keep doing what you did before. So this is my, I guess what I'm trying to say is let your stuff run out and then give yourself a chance to think creatively about what comes next and shop your own home first instead of going to the store. This is that make it do mentality. So in this idea, you're trying to use what you already have to solve problems in your home. You're making it work, right? You're figuring out how to solve this problem using things you already own or looking for the simplest solution. It's a little uncomfortable and it can take some practice, but you need to build in a little space between your old habits and your new habits and just slowing down and allowing yourself to problem solve and think creatively can be a really positive experience and it actually feels good to realize you can figure out some really hard things. If you've been trying to transition to a sustainable lifestyle, you might be feeling a little overwhelmed. Like, how do you find the best products? How do you make the best choices? How do you do this without spending a ton of money? I think it's important to let people know that sustainable living is normal actually, and it's way easier than it seems. Don't let people overcomplicate it for you or make it into something really confusing. People have been living sustainably for most of human history. It's kind of, they had to, right? They could not overextend themselves. They didn't have debt. They didn't have Amazon. They couldn't get whatever they wanted delivered to them in a day. They had to make the most of the things that they have and be resourceful. That's it. So I've created a simple tool called the Roadmap to Sustainable Living, where I'm gonna help you see the five habits of sustainable living that are the most powerful. If you do nothing else and you just focus on these things, you're gonna be saving money, reducing your carbon footprint, reducing the amount of pollutants you create, and that's it. It's really that straightforward. To get your own copy of The Roadmap to Sustainable Living, head to the link in the show notes, and I'll send that directly to your email. Let's play with how this idea works when it comes to stocking your pantry, because you can imagine, right? I have all these posts about uh, keeping a well-stocked pantry and meal planning and cooking from scratch, and I often run into people who advocate for prepping or stockpiling. I'm really in kind of a homesteading community because a lot of the things that I share are a lot like a suburban homesteading perspective where I like to garden and preserve the harvest and I bake my own bread and things like that. So there's a lot of places where I overlap with the homesteading world. And in that homesteading world, there are people who are doing it from a fear perspective of, you know, I can't trust what's at the store or I want to make sure I have enough of whatever I need in case, you know, things hit the fan. And as I see those posts, I always think that's a fear perspective. Like I I name it as soon as I see it. That's a fear perspective. Those people don't believe that the world will provide what they need to be safe. And so they are trying to hold tight and plan for that situation. And I'm not saying that they're, that they're wrong, that, you know, the world we are experiencing a lot of challenges, but I guess I'm wondering how much does that fear of like, there won't be enough oats for my oatmeal or there won't be enough milk for whatever, you know, how much does that fear hold me back in an individual level? Like, what am I personally gaining from operating from a place of fear and feeling like, the only thing I can do is is as a response to that fear is to control, is to buy, is to stock my my pantry so that I have food in case the world's not safe. Um, even during this pandemic and dealing with changes in jobs and income and everything, I'm still not a stockpiler. I'm still not a prepper. Even if things are overpriced or they run out at the grocery store, I've always been able to find something to fill that specific purpose because i'm flexible and i'm creative it doesn't have to be this exact thing so even though things are unstable and things have been challenging you can live with trust that things can work out and you know maybe hearing that you're like i disagree the world is not safe rachel you need to have like 25 pounds of oats in your pantry at all times like you know each of us is able to do whatever we want to do, but the more that I live like this, the more that I allow the world to give me what I need. Uh, the easier and lighter life just feels. I don't feel like I have to control things, and I really think that when I started stocking my pantry and shopping like this, I do think I was coming from a fear perspective. I was like, I need to have all these things around me at all times because I, I don't know, maybe I just wanted to control things, or I felt like the world. Uh, I couldn't trust the world to give me what I needed. But as I've gotten older, as I've kind of allowed myself to take these baby steps of trust, I found that I can typically get anything I need at any point. Even, and I live frugally, you know, I'm not saying that I I get overcharged. It's not like, oh, I found what I needed, but it was 10 times as much. No, no. I, I just try to adapt what I'm buying. I try to believe that I can make it work with what I have. I trust in my resourcefulness, and I just let it go. And it's been very peaceful. It's been a really nice way to ease into, I don't know, just a slower pace of life. You know, the title of this podcast is Simple Sustainable Home for a Reason. It's not just about the sustainability. It's also about slowing down and simplifying. And I really think that this perspective of allowing things to come to you allowing things to kind of go at their own pace is part of that simple side of things so if you're thinking about slow living or simple living you often think about you know minimalism decluttering going with the flow and I really think that's kind of what we're tapping into here because let's say you need to de- declutter um, so you find some random item and you have this feeling of like oof I don't know if I can let this go. I might need it in the future. Maybe I should hold on to it. Okay, so I'm sure we've all related to this. I'm having a garage sale tomorrow. So I'm like definitely thinking about this and going through this right now. Where I'll find an item and I'm like, I don't know. I might need it. What if I need this at Christmas time when I make a trifle? Should I keep this trifle dish just in case I need it? I only bought it for $3. So it's not like it was very expensive. But I might need it in the future. It might be a good thing to hold on to. If you have that mentality of, I might need it, I might need it, I might need it, I might need it, then you're going to hold on to things that you don't really need anymore. You're going to fill the house around you with things that are potentially useful in the future, but not necessarily right now. So that means right now you're going to be operating from a state of clutter or disorganization. Not all of us. I mean, not all of us, right? But for me, yeah, if I'm going to hold on to all of these things, they have to go somewhere. They're going to fill my cupboards and my drawers, and I have to navigate around them. And then they cause me stress because it's harder to find the things that I actually need and use every day, because I have all of these things that are potentially useful one day on hand. So for example, here's one thing that I did um to kind of play around with something because i was getting really frustrated with my kitchen towels and i know i talk about basic home things all the time but this is where i live my life my home is where i live my life it's where i'm the most comfortable you know an organized calm home kind of indicates how you feel on the inside so i was getting frustrated with my drawer of kitchen towels I, I had, I'd collected all of these towels over the years and I liked all of them and they were all really pretty, but they're all different sizes, different textures. They were hard to fold and stack to have them consistent. And I was just getting really annoyed. I was like, I can never get this drawer organized because I have too many, but at the same time, like they're, they're just not working right. Like I have to have all these different size stacks to get everything stacked neatly. It was making me mad. So what I had, what I did is that um, before that, I'd actually ordered a 12-pack of organic cotton flower sack towels. And so I was trying to fit those in there. And I realized that I liked those way more because they were all exactly the same. I liked that they all were the same size. They were all the same measurement. When I folded them, they all fit the same. They all had like that same perfect little square shape. It was so easy to stack them. It was easy to identify them in the laundry because... I wasn't looking for all of these different patterns. I was just looking for this one type of white towel, Plus, they're white, so it's really easy to clean. So what I did, I, I felt like I can't get rid of these kitchen towels. I love all these other kitchen towels. I spent all this money, like I have to hold on to this. So I got a bag and I put all of the towels in the bag and I put it in my garage. And I said, if you feel like you genuinely need something from here, then you can go to the garage and take it out and have it at any point. I think that was six months ago and I have not taken any single towel out of there. And now when I open that kitchen drawer, it feels so much calmer and I know it sounds silly to talk about that, but it does matter. Like it does matter to have things just simple and calm and organized. It's nice that it's not a whole bunch of different patterns. It's on a whole bunch of different sizes. It just feels easy. It just feels so much easier to have one type of kitchen towel. And that's that's that simple living idea. If I'm holding on so tightly to all of these other things and I say, I can't let those go, I have to have them, I might miss them, I might need them, I might want them, or I don't want to waste the money that I invested into them, you know, it can be helpful to do a trial separation where you send them to live somewhere else. The garage is my trial separation zone, which is why the garage is always a mess, Because I'm always trying to figure out, like, do I actually even need this thing? Like, what if it just feels easier and nicer to not have it anymore? Like, what if I can just let that go? Just imagine what are things in your life that you're holding on to, that you're keeping around you, that are clogging up space in your life because you're trying to control. So that control idea, that fear idea is not just about buying. It's about how we keep things around us. Are you holding on to things because you feel like I won't have what I need if I let go? If so, you know, how can you take a baby step away from that? How can you say, you know, what if I just kind of trust that if I truly need this, it will come back to me? You know, how would that shift things? How would that make things easier? Although the idea of doing without probably isn't about setting up like a minimal kitchen where you have just exactly what you need. And it's more likely that it was about literally not having something. So running out of coffee or sugar or cocoa powder or whatever, but I think that we can adapt that and use that mentality in different ways in our lives. So for me, I find that allowing myself to run out of something gives me a chance to see what life is like without that. And when you see what life is like without that, then you kind of realize that maybe the problem you've been trying to solve is a little different than you expected. So thinking about the dish soap example, you know, I could actually live without regular dish soap. I don't have to go buy that because I could make do, right? I don't know if I could really do without completely. I, I probably need to stick with the make do idea here because we need to have clean dishes, right? But doing without, there's a lot of stuff we can try doing without. Think about almost all of the things that you've probably bought on Amazon. I mean, there's so many times that I'll buy things and later I'm like, you didn't even... You don't even use that. Think about that. We buy things that we use once or that we don't use at all. So what would it hurt us if we didn't buy those things in the first place? The thought of not being able to buy those things sounds a little uncomfortable. That makes me feel like, well, hey, I want to have choices and stuff in my life. I want to be able to decide what I have and what I don't have. But if we can kind of let go, if we can say, no to a fad or a trend. If we have that impulse or desire to buy something and we say, um, I think I'm good, actually, if we can build in a little space there so that we don't just respond by shopping, then I think we are going to allow ourselves to have an opportunity to make do without. And I think that's really powerful especially if there's something you feel like you really have to have, you're craving it, that desire is really, really high. And if you can give yourself a little time to live without it and kind of remove yourself from that craving state, chances are you really won't want or need this thing in the end. And that is so powerful. If you're trying to become a conscious consumer, if you're trying to shop less, to be more thoughtful and intentional with your decisions about buying, then we have to build in that little buffer zone. Maybe that means that you just wait a night instead of buying something right now. Say, you know what, I'm gonna buy this tomorrow. Let me sleep on it. Or give it a week. Say, I'm gonna try to buy this in a week. I'm not gonna buy it right now. Or if you really wanna be a little tougher than that, give it a month if you really still want this in 30 days, and you haven't found anything else that solves that problem or fills that need, then go for it. But if we can give ourselves the gift of doing without for a little while, it can help us be more thoughtful with our our purchases and our choices in the end. I know that it is definitely easier said than done to try to live without things for a while. And especially if you had issues in your life where you did not feel like the world was out to protect you, that you couldn't have everything you needed, you might be really struggling to let go of that. You might be feeling a lot of tension imagining that, you know, just let things come to you. That can feel a little triggering for some people. And, And I do have this idea that things will come to you at the right time. And I also believe that everything that you need is already in your community, and for some people they're like, oh, I don't know, that's a little too woo woo. That's too spiritual. That's too like, I'm not into that, but let's think about it from a mathematical perspective. If you're in a community and there's all kinds of other people around you in each house, we we're more similar than you'd think. We pretty much all have the same stuff or variations of the same stuff, right? We all have silverware and cups and plates and furniture and clothing and bedding. We have all of those things. So that means that in your community, the things you're looking for, they already exist. They're already in people's houses. If there's something that you want, we just have to wait for those people to be ready to move on from that. You might be thinking, well, I don't want people's like cups and bowls and plates. I need like something specific, like I want a compost tumbler or an ice cream maker or whatever it is. Well, you're just like all the other people in your community who are also interested in a lot of the same things, right? So chances are that there's somebody in your community who has those things that no longer needs them, that's probably ready to move on from them. So think about the ice cream maker. Um, A lot of people get excited thinking about making their own ice cream. They buy these devices or they get them for Christmas and they realize, actually, It's just a lot easier to buy ice cream at the store i don't think i want to use that anymore but now they have this giant appliance sitting under the cupboard in their kitchen and you know they declutter and they're ready to get rid of it so where does it go it's going to go to your thrift store they might sell it on facebook marketplace or craigslist they might post it in a buy nothing group or a neighborhood group you know people have a lot of the same things And we all shop from the same places, right? So, you know, you might spend an hour on Amazon being like, I really want an ice cream maker and I'm going to find the best one. And you find one that has the most reviews and the most five-star reviews and you're like, hey, this is the one I want. I'm ready. Universe, I would like this one to come to me. Well, guess what? Chances are that that's probably the ice cream maker that the other person in your community had because... They did the same thing. They went to the same place. They looked at the same reviews. So they bought one. You can literally get exactly what you want. Really. Buying secondhand. This happens to me all the time. All the time. It's so much cheaper. It's also kind of fun. Like it's kind of fun to just be like, you know what? I need this exact thing and I'm just going to wait for it to show up. And it's, it's something that feels impossible, but if you just kind of go with it, if you just kind of trust in the process and believe that, yeah, there's people in your area who have a lot of the same things, like I think it's a mathematical probability that you're going to find exactly what you're looking for based off the fact that people are more similar than they seem and we're all kind of shopping in the same places and shopping using the same principles, like looking for the highest Uh, rating and the best customer reviews. So yeah, most of the things you're going to find are going to be the same thing you would find on Amazon, Um, often totally unused or minimally used for less money. That's it. Oh my goodness, it is so hard to stop these podcast episodes sometimes because I feel like this idea is so powerful and it connects to so many different parts of sustainable living and frugal living and simple living. Like all of these things are really interrelated. And I I love I love thinking about that stuff. So I hope that this has been helpful for you. Again, our focus today is on use it up, wear it out, make it do, or do without. And I really think that the thing that makes that the most powerful is that it takes you outside of that constant consumer model. And when you no longer are responding to these messages of buy now, buy now, buy now, you're you're not feeling the, the craving of that. Like when somebody gives you a sales pitch, you're not having that feeling of like, oh my goodness, I have to do this right now. Like they can use all of these marketing tricks on you, but you don't fall for them because you're like, actually, you know, I don't really need that. Like, I already have something that does that. It's not really important to me. That in itself is really powerful. And I think when you can slow down and allow things to come to you, and you give yourself a chance to show that you can solve problems creatively, it's really empowering. It feels good to be like, you know what? Actually, I don't, even the things that I think I have to have, I don't really have to have them or have them in the way that everybody else tells me I need them. Like, there are other options. It's kind of fun to play around and see what else is out there and just trust that you'll have everything that you need. You know, you'll end up with clean dishes, even if you clean them in a different way than everybody else, that's totally fine. All right, my friends. That's it. That's everything for this week. If you would like to see the full show notes and get all of the links and resources mentioned in this post, head to simplesustainablehome.com. Otherwise, I will see you next week. Take care.